0: Welcome to America's Top Rebbitzins. May this class be for Rafua Shalema, for Leah Eliana Batamuna. If you would like to sponsor a podcast, please email us at atrebbitzins at gmail.com. I'm so happy to have on today's show Rebitson 80 Karofsky. Rebitson 80 is originally from Toronto, Canada, but she has been the Chabad emissary in Pushkino, which is near Moscow, Russia, for 20 years, Wow, that's a huge change. It's amazing. Thank you so much for being here. Please tell us more about yourself and what you do.
1: Okay, so first of all, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you, Vera. Thank you. Um, What What do I do? (laughs) My kids actually ask me, "What do you do all day?" Right. <laughs> and that's a very good question, right? <laughs> um, yes, I'm originally, actually originally I'm from Israel. I was born in Israel and I was raised in Toronto. I was living in Toronto since first grade and then until I got married. And then uh, two months after we got married, uh, my husband and I went out on Shlichos, what is known as, as uh, the Rebbe, Lubavitcher Rebbe's emissaries, uh, to Russia. At first we came to Moscow, uh, where my husband was teaching. And uh, I started teaching there too. And uh, for the first 11 years, we lived in the very Jewish Moscow neighborhood of Marina Russia, uh, which is probably uh, familiar to many. Um, We were both teaching, in addition to teaching we both, I started teaching Kalas and my husband started teaching hasanim and uh, we were running programs and uh, having people, uh, guests and and uh, lectures in our house and a women's club, et cetera, et cetera. And the children were very much a part of it. After 11 years, um, Rabbi Lazar called my husband and asked and suggested to him uh, that he start teaching in the yeshiva campus, which is outside of the city. It's about an hour's drive outside of Moscow, and we would live on yeshiva campus, and our kids would commute every day to school. Um, after looking into that, we agreed, it, and uh, at first we thought we were going for one year. It turned out into eight years, Wow! Uh, eight years of living on a yeshiva campus. It was an incredible experience um, in many different ways, including the, one, the, the daily commute there and back for school. Uh, for our kids, for kosher stores, for everything. And um, a year and a half ago, uh, our life took on a whole new. Uh, from Shlechos, we went out on a new Shlechos. A uh, year and a half ago, we moved to the city of Pushkina, which is uh, actually relatively close to the yeshiva. My husband continues to teach in the yeshiva in addition to uh, us being the. I guess, at this point, uh, the first uh, religious family in Pushkinah, where we opened the Chabad house in which we live, the shulah is in our house, and uh, we are seeing miracles every single day.
0: Wow, that's so inspirational. Um, Oh, I have so many questions based on everything that you said, but you just you ended up with miracles, which is one of my favorite topics. Tell us, tell us about some of the miracles that you're
1: seeing. (laughs) <laughs> yes it definitely is going out uh making such a step at the, the stage in life we moved out with uh, nine children from nanahara um, at the age of 40 <laughs> um it was a big step in a new direction and it was totally when they say that uh on the other end of your uh, that big things happen outside of your comfort zone yes. stepping out of our comfort zone we really opened up to see I would say every day, it's like, okay, what's going to happen today? It's uh, every day finding uh, new Jewish people, connecting with people. Um, There's so many stories to share. I think I'm going to share my favorite one in which we can actually see, uh, where in which we actually, we, not always do we get to see the results, but this uh, actually happened um it's uh, nearly two years ago. Uh, when we still lived on Yeshiva campus, I would shop online, which is the most convenient, but uh, most companies refused to deliver until the Yeshiva campus because it was pretty much in the woods and very difficult to get to. So I would have to travel to the nearby city of Pushkina to pick up my uh, what I had ordered. And uh, one of those times, and it was just a regular thing, every few months I would do online shopping for, for clothes, for, for shoes, for whatever, for my kids, for myself, and um, I would travel 45 minutes to Wishkina from the yeshiva to get my stuff, and then 45 minutes back. And uh, one such trip turned out incredibly, um, uh, I don't know what the word is, surprising for me, I guess I would say, as I was paying uh, the girl, uh, who was checking out, she was scanning my, my items and she, and, uh, she, we were talking, I usually do not talk to cashiers. Uh, I don't know what happened <laughs> to me that day. Uh, she mentioned about one of the items I had bought and I asked her, oh, so you live in Pushkina?" She said, no. I said, we're moving here soon. And she said, why would anybody want to live here? <laughs> and I said, well, we're not coming here for pleasure. We're coming because uh, we're going to start a Jewish community here. And as she's scanning my items, she didn't even lift her eyes up. She says, oh, my grandmother was Jewish. I remember she took me once to the synagogue. I think it was Purim when there were these noisemakers. All that in one breath. And I said, oh, really? Where was this? Where are you from? And she told me she's from Yakutsk. Look it up in an atlas. It is, It is so far left in Siberia. The nearest city to it is an hour flight away. Oh my god! And she's from there, and it turns out it's her maternal grandmother, and she remembers Purim. That was the only time she was ever in a synagogue. She was a kid, and she remembered that. And for some reasons, she she told me that as she was scanning my items, and I asked her if I can take her number. I said, "You know that makes you Jewish." She's like, "Oh, I didn't know." <laughs> right, right. I took her number and I asked her if she would like to uh, join our, uh, we have a a shiur for youth, which we started actually before we even moved here. We would come here once a week and and have uh, young people for ages 18 to 30 for a Torah class once a week. And she said, well, I work until nine, but you know what? You can add me to the group. And that's how we got in touch. And we've been in touch ever since not just in touch. (laughs) Since then, she has started joining the Torah classes. She has started lighting Shabbos candles. She got her mother, who's still in Yakutsk, to start lighting Shabbos candles. She took on her Jewish name. Her name is now Chaya. Um, And uh, her younger brother, who is 15 years old, uh, she brought him from Yakutsk to here to Moscow so that he can study in a Jewish school. She's making incredible steps, strides every day. And um, recently we took her to be the coordinator for our community, which means that she is daily looking out for new Jews and and helping them come closer also. It's just one example of just, I went to pick up the items that I had ordered online and I called my husband and I said, You'll never guess what I found. And he thought I'm <laughs> going to tell him, I don't know. I found a, a good crockpot and the dress. I'm like, I found the Jewish girl. <laughs> <laughs> that is so incredible. That's such an amazing story. I love stories
0: like that. I it really it was just came from one interaction. Hashem put you on that particular cashier's line. You could have been on anybody's line and you engage in interaction. Like you said, you don't normally talk to cashiers. This was so meant to be. It's such a practice that you can see the hand of God like putting you two together. It's amazing. Absolutely, It was such wonderful results. Wow. Um, Okay. So I also want to ask you, I know that you moved from, from Toronto to,
1: to Russia. Did you, did you speak the language? Like, did you already know Russian when you moved? I understood many words in Russian. My parents left Russia as children. Okay. I grew up, I grew up on stories of the self-sacrifice in Russia. Uh, My mother's family actually had literally an underground yeshiva under the floor in their kitchen. Wow. Um, and so for me, Russia was a place uh, that was very scary, uh, all black and white pictures. I could never, ever imagine myself going there out of choice. Yeah. And, um, I did know many words in Russian, but I, I, can't say I could understand the conversation then, um, I could pick and choose a few words that I could understand. Um, and when I met my husband who is from Russia, he's from, he was born and bred in Moscow, Um, and we discussed going out on and he asked me, would you even go out somewhere very far where there's no kosher food and, you know, there's no schools. And I, for some reason, I was sure he was thinking like Thailand or, you know, the far East. It didn't, it didn't occur to me that he was talking about Russia. (laughs) And I said, of course, (laughs) what's the question, uh, it just sounded so exotic. And um, when actually after we got married and he said, okay, so are we buying tickets? And I said, to where?" he said, what do you mean to where? to Moscow? Of course, my students are waiting for me. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that came as quite a shock. I don't know what, what shocked me more, that it was Russia or that I didn't put two and two together. He was talking about his students along. I just, for some reason, it didn't occur to me that that's what he meant. Wow but for me it's definitely closing a circle my father as a child dived and mariina russia Sure. That's
0: a, yeah you're right like it it's a, it comes full circle it's amazing how things work out like that in life it's
1: wow but but now yes. you're 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 fluent in the language you can speak to the people or yes i give classes in russia i still russian grammar is so complicated i i uh, i don't i can say probably I don't think I'll ever get it right with the grammar, but I do give lectures in Russian, Russian and classes. Um, There's the um, YouTube videos in Russian that I, uh, various Jewish topics also. And um, yes, by now I do. (laughs) It's been 20 years. That's, oh, wow.
0: Okay. Um, So, so, right. So you've been, for 20 years, it's amazing. But before that, you, so you were born in Israel and you grew up in Canada. That's a huge move to go from Canada to Russia and what is it like for you personally to be living so far away from your grandparents and aunts and uncles and all the extended family? Cause your family is really not, they're really not in Russia.
1: That's probably the, the, the only difficult part. I would say everything else we can make do with that. When we came here 20 years ago, there was no kosher milk and no kosher bread. We can, we can make do with everything else without it. But the hardest part for me is being far away from my family, my parents, my siblings. It means missing every single family Simcha. I mean, not every single, I shouldn't say that I flew in for the weddings, but, but the smaller Simchas like a bris or option or bar mitzvah. Uh, it means also that my own family, my, my children's Simchas also are without most of my family. Um, that was the hardest part for me. It still is hard. It's difficult, but I would say that now after 20 years, um, Baruch Hashem, the community in Moscow community is so warm and embracing. I feel like I have new family here.
0: Oh, it's beautiful. It's very, very special. It's amazing. Wow. Um, And speaking about the community, I mean, Judaism was not allowed to be practiced legally in Russia for several years. Baruch Hashem, the Jews are now able to practice our religion more freely. Can you please talk to us
1: about what Jewish life is like in Russia now? Now, 20 years later. Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, 20 years for me later, um, Russian li- Jewish life in Russia is thriving. There is a real renaissance here. It's incredible, it's incredible. I see it more through the eyes of tourists who come here and they are just amazed. Uh, we, we've seen it grow slowly, slowly, but people who come here from, from Israel, from America, from Canada, from South Africa, all over, they're always just blown away um, by the amount of Jewish institutions that there are here, these Jewish schools, Uh, There's kosher restaurants, there's uh, shoals in different neighborhoods and areas. Um, Moscow is a very cosmopolitan city. Um, It's a beautiful city. It's very different from what I imagined from all the black and white pictures that I saw when I was growing up. Right. Um, And the Jewish infrastructure here is very, very um, developed, I would say. I don't know. You name it, we have it. Wow. (laughs) And you have kosher restaurants and kosher supermarkets Yes, yes. In, in this, in Moscow. So yeah. for us, it's an hour drive, but yes, in Moscow, there are several kosher, several supermarkets, several kosher restaurants, milk, uh, sushi, um, different shuls. <laughs> there is a big, uh, there's the um, big Jewish museum, the Jewish called the Jewish Tolerance Museum, um, which is on a nice piece of land that was um, actually donated from, Uh, Mr. Putin, uh, he donated that piece of land, from what I understood. And uh, there's a beautiful, very modern Jewish museum there, which um, hundreds of thousands of people visit. And that gives them also a newfound respect to the Jewish people. Wow.
0: It's amazing because so many years ago, it was so different. Like Jews were persecuted for practicing their language. And now now you can go to the supermarket and buy the kosher milk and the kosher bread that that's now available.
1: Yes, my grandfather, my great-grandfathers and my grandfathers were arrested here in Russia yeah. for practicing. Um, and that's what, and whenever we walk the streets of Moscow dressed as Jews, especially on Lag Bomer, every year when there's the Lag Bomer parade, mm-hmm. I, I have tears uh, in my eyes just from, from imagining what, it, how far we've come. And it's, uh, it's only thanks to the Mesirut Nefesh, the self-sacrifice of those before us hundred percent, a hundred percent.
0: And so so you've been there for a while and I want to see what your experience as a Chabad emissary has been like. I mean, are Russian Jews welcoming and receptive to
1: Jewish outreach? That's an excellent question. Um, I would say that the Russian Jews, I've always felt something special towards them, even when living in Toronto. Oh, interesting. Toronto has seen has a very big Jewish-Russian community. And as a child, we practically always had russian-speaking guests on shabbos um, and i always felt very welcome and very i felt a special warmth from them that they're very they're very authentic they want the truth they don't want anything watered down right they want the real yiddishkeit um, that was and i always loved going to the russian-speaking show even before before i even thought i would ever end up in russia <laughs> um, And uh, coming here, so it was not foreign to me, although I thought it wasn't foreign to me. When I landed here and I saw how people actually are, I I realized that the Jews in Toronto are very warm. (laughs) Um, uh, It was definitely a huge culture shock. It was a culture shock. uh, I would say not for a few months, probably for a few
0: years. (laughs) Wow. What is the difference? Like what is because, you know, I've personally never been to Russia. So what is the culture shock if you can describe to us?
1: um people are a lot more uh, that's what it seems to me again maybe some will we'll see it differently i people are a lot more uh serious no time for jokes no time for informalities uh people don't smile just like that you have to it, it, it takes a lot to get someone to smile <laughs> okay uh <laughs> they're they're to me they came across as very abrupt uh they don't have time for anybody uh, they're, they live a difficult life and they're very focused on their work they're not sociable social um, that was my experience in the beginning a very different mentality than Canada like extreme in Canada everybody smiles and uh, here nobody smiles yeah. <laughs> and when I would smile to people people thought I was crazy <laughs> Um it's so a I would say it's probably either I've toughened up or they've softened it seems to me that now it's not as harsh as it was 20 years ago um it's a whole new generation but that was that was the major culture shock in addition to the fact that when I came there still were not really supermarkets there was still the little stores with the uh, we had to point behind the woman's shelf you know the shelves behind her and say I want give me three of those and two of those right and uh that was a culture shock for me too many different things um but now I would say that I find, I find the Russian Jews incredibly warm. They're very real, very authentic. Um, maybe because my roots are from here also, uh, maybe because I came here not on my own, I actually came here because of everything I've, I've learned about growing up. Um, the Lubavitch dynasty has started here. Uh, I feel very connected to the people here, to the Jews definitely
0: sure. And they and they're receptive to like if you invite them over for Shabbat meal or
1: for a, a Purim Suda or anything like that? No, not not everybody. Not not at all. Okay. <laughs> uh they they're very sus- uh, suspicious, I would say at first. Right. Um it's difficult, it, you know, they're they are they are very suspicious, I would say. They're not as friendly and so it takes time to get them to some, but with some, it's easier than others. Some have relatives who are in Israel. And so they're not that weary of us. Uh, Others, the opposite. They have heard horror stories from their grandparents and they don't want anything to do with Jewish people. Right. Uh, So with some, we're still very, very slowly trying to, we send the food package, we send something before the Jewish holidays, but they still don't want to come here. They don't want to step foot here yet. Um, It's a process. Right. And I'm sure that they will come eventually. And I love that you're still there
0: trying and not giving up like you're still there. You're still working in. I think it's amazing. I think it's so needed and I think it's amazing that you're doing it.
1: Actually, with every single day, we do see uh, we we, it's incredible to be able to see the fruits of our labor, not with every person, but with every day, there's some progress somewhere. Right. Right. And that gives hope. It really does.
0: Yeah. Yeah, especially Absolutely. if you're thinking about where you started from, from before, where, where your um, relatives had a yeshiva underground, you know, and now we have yeshivas above ground and people are going and attending. And yeah, OK, they're still weary, but there's still a lot more progress to be made. But look at how far we've come, you know. From- Absolutely. Yes. Um, so I love anecdotes. And I was wondering, I know you shared already one with us and I loved it. It was so good. I was wondering if maybe you have another one or two inspiring stories about your experiences with Jews in Russia to share with us.
1: So first of all, I would say every single story is inspiring with Jews in Russia. Yes, I can imagine that, yes. Um, I feel literally like, like a diamond digger and with every neshama that we find, it's, we found another diamond. Yes. Um, and being that we moved out here to Pushkina and a year and a half ago when we moved here, we had a list of about 20 Jews. Uh, we started making phone calls, started making cold calls actually. Interesting, my husband actually just, we, you know, would put into Google, would type in uh, Kogan Pushkina or Levin Pushkina, like Jewish last names, and then try to find, and he actually did manage to find quite a few Jews like that. Amazing. So creative. <laughs> the amazing thing is that one of the first Levin's that he typed in, um, he found a woman, Julia Levin, and he, you know, he called her and he asked if he could meet with her at her job and she said yes, and he went and he met with her, and it turned out that she has no Jews in her family, and At first, my thought was, oh, so he just wasted two hours. But he said, we can never know what might come out of that. And that was so true. This is one of the incredible uh, stories that keep me going. At moments when it seems that we don't see results. He met with this Julia Levin, who has no Jewish people in her family, but she had a friend who was Jewish, and she wanted to connect him with my husband. And this friend apparently had a lot of other friends and connections. And through this Julia Levin, who is not Jewish at all, we found so many, I mean, so many other Jews did get connected. So we never know. Hashem puts each of us in the right place, in the right moment to meet the right people. And it's it's really just watching, it's like watching surprises unfold every day. Um, it's an adventure. <laughs> yeah. uh, That's and incredible. So starting, again, from, yeah, it's because I get with the Havashya uh, practice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. By now we have, uh, uh, it's a year and a half later and we have about 400 families that we're in touch with. Wow. Jewish families. That's incredible. Where at least one of the family members is Jewish. Of course, Unfortunately, intermarriage is very, very, very high here. Yes, I can imagine that. Yeah. Wow.
0: I love that. I love, you know, both of your stories, a, you know, being at the right place at the right time, Hashem just makes these opportunities. And the way that you found all these other Jews through a non-Jew is, Like you would never think if if you had to sit down and plan your day, you would never have planned it that way. You're like, okay, let me just go meet with somebody who is already Jewish. Why do I need this non-Jew? You know, but you you really did. Like everybody's crucial.
1: Everybody plays such an important role. It's really, it's incredible. Just, you know what? Today's Tuesday, just on Sunday, another, and this is part of, this is part of, you know, all in day's work. On every Sunday morning, uh, the Chabad house is open for a variety of programs. We have a women's class class. a children's uh, program and a teenager's program uh so the mothers bring their kids and there's everybody's busy and uh, with different programs and one of the women who came there's lots of snow here and as she was pulling in her car got stuck in the snow and uh, she asked my, you know she came in and she asked my husband if he can come out and help her with the shovel to, to you know to, to get her car out and as they were both shoveling there and he you know, is dressed as he usually is dressed uh, with a black hat and black coat. And a guy comes running over to them with a shovel and he says, Rabbi, Rabbi, I mean, Russian. Uh, Hervin, Hervin. And so my husband turned to me and said, yes. Apparently he is a Jew. When he saw my husband, he understood that my husband is Jewish. He had just moved down the block. We didn't even know. And just because her car was stuck and my husband went out to help her, we found another Jew down the block. Oh my gosh. I and love these stories. stories. It's
0: so inspiring. You never know.
1: Yes. Yes. And these are stories that happen uh, almost uh, on a weekly basis. Wow. So and going, then- even going shopping, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. going yeah. shopping, going to get a manicure. Every time I go out, I, uh, I, when I get into the car, my thought is, okay, which Jew am I going to meet <laughs> today?
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's so incredible. And you're doing such amazing work. Really, Kohaka, vote. really amazing, incredible work. Thank you so much, Rebbiton80, for taking the time to join us today on America's Top Rebbitons. We really enjoyed having you on the show. And may the learning that we did today be for the Rafu Shalema of Leia Eliana Batamuna. Thank you so, so much.
1: Thank you. May I add something? Please. I, uh, I want to say that this kind of life has really opened my eyes to the fact that every single person No matter where we live, even in the center of Brooklyn, we are all shluchim. We are all Hashem's emissaries to spread goodwill, to help another Jew, to connect with someone. We never know what one small smile or one small action will bring about. And with the joy of Chodesh Adar that starts today, may we all be able to really connect very, very soon in the third base of Mikdash.
0: Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you,
1: Vera.